0: Late on Friday, a story came out of Rome that caused a stir among the Catholic media that is worth going over. It is a story that goes back to the early days of the Francis Pontificate and is a vindication of some of the earliest claims made by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano in his first public letter, which had been released on the feast of the Queenship of the Virgin Mary in August of 2018 a letter that transformed the Catholic commentary landscape online, and for good reason, as that letter sent waves through the Catholic world, at least in America. So let's go over the story today, the story of Car- former Cardinal Betchew, now Bishop Betchew, and Francis's sudden decision to vacate his position in the Congregation for the Saints. LifeSite, among others, report that a tersely worded note was released from the Vatican, saying that Cardinal Becciu had been dismissed from his role in that office and had given up his rights as cardinal. That's a pretty big deal by itself. Those rights, by the way, include his, his right to vote in the next papal conclave. The situation is complicated, but most recently it is tied to an October 2019 appearance of the Vatican Gendarme to the Cardinal Secretary of State's office. The issue at hand is financial in nature as these things lately seem to be. Edward Penton is quoted by LifeSite on this and describes a situation involving major firms in Rome and Switzerland and London, including private equity firms. But there are also links to the London property story from last spring, where news broke that the Vatican had funded luxury apartment construction in London as a financial investment using, guess what, Peter's Pence. The amount of funds we are talking here are in the hundreds of millions of dollars range no small sum, and it begs the question, what was a cardinal whose principal's job was to work on the cause for the canonization of saints doing making investments on behalf of Rome? That's a good question, and I'm sure that is one that Francis asked him in their meeting. According to Catholic News Agency, official records show that Becciu used millions of euros of Vatican charity funds for these investments, and he even directed the money of Vatican and Italian bishops to be used for quote-unquote loans for projects owned and operated by his brothers. and There's a nice guy, thinking of his brothers in that way, even that far away from them. Of course, Bethew said there was nothing wrong with any of this, I'm sure he did, and expressed his surprise at the sudden turn of events, quoting him directly. Quote, out of a spirit of obedience, and out of love for the Church and the Pope, I accepted his request to step aside, he said, but I am innocent and I will prove it. I asked the Holy Father to have the right to defend myself. End quote. Edward Penton, quoting Bethew on Twitter, said the following, Cardinal Betchew tells media he's a, he's a, quote, bit dazed, unquote, by events. Quote, until 6.02 p.m. I felt a friend of the Pope, a faithful a- executor of the Pope. End quote. There's more with Bethew denying the details of the story. It's worth noting that these funds lost millions of Vatican Euros, including from Peter's Pence, which had been founded by everyone's favorite prelate, Uncle Ted, and while these funds lost money, the investment officials took in millions in fees. That's a pretty good deal if you can swing it. I could spend time talking financials here, but I'm not going to. Instead, I want to focus on a couple of things. First, Vigano brought you to the world's attention in 2018. Second, stories like this undermined people's trust in the canonization of saints, as the people who are responsible for investigating the cause of the saints should be of the very, very highest character. Now, first on that Vigano front, in 2018, Betchew was mentioned in the famous letter by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano, which stated that the now former cardinal knew in every detail the details of the story involving Uncle Ted. Will Vatican officials finally dig into this angle of the story? Who really knows? But between you and me, I really doubt it. Uncle Ted has clearly been memory-holed, and I don't blame the Vatican for wanting to do that. Betchew himself had been asked about what Vigano said about him, and Francis and Betchew responded tersely that Francis barred them from talking about Vigano at all, with anyone. They are to be silent on the issue. Now think about that. Given the broad scope of things said by Vigano, you begin to understand why Rome has been silent on so many questions these days. But this isn't the only story this week that will vindicate Vigano. I have another one for you, tomorrow, unless something major happens, that vindicates Vigano, though on a different subject entirely, something more recent that he's been talking about. So be prepared to hear his name a lot this week, which reminds me. I have elsewhere his recent letters that are too much for here. and if you want to hear them, go to the pinned comment for this video on YouTube and you'll find a link. They're eye-opening and will challenge many listening, which was probably the point. They're just a little too spicy for here, but like I said, I suspect we'll be hearing from Vigano a lot in the days and weeks ahead, so be ready for that. But on the issue of Betu and his role at the Congregation for the Causes of Saints, we should take something seriously. What effect does this have on people's trust in the canonization of modern saints, that entire process? That process had already been changed a lot since the 1960s, like everything else. The trust of many in this process has already been shaken. Given the characters that have been elevated in recent years, there is some debate as to whether this is a matter of papal infallibility or not, but technically it has never been formally defined as such. Now, That doesn't mean that the canonizations are not part of the infallible charism of the Pope. It just means that there is still an open debate about it. I'll leave that to the theologians who are far better equipped and, frankly, more interested to participate in that discussion than I am. According to one Vatican governing document for the congregation, though that office does the following, quote, The congregation prepares each year everything necessary for the Pope to be able to set forth new examples of holiness. After approving discuss- results on miracles, martyrdom, and heroic virtues of the various servants of God, the Holy Father proceeds to a series of canonizations and beatifications, end quote. In other words, this office, until recently headed by Bishop Betu, was responsible for doing real work that required high levels of trust from the Church as a whole, but also the Pope himself. What could go wrong having Betu involved in this? Do you see why this could undermine the integrity of the process? The investigation of the cause of saints involves a deep dive into the very personal details of the late person in question's life regarding sin, piety, charity, virtue, and the intersection of these with their everyday lives and everyday events. The Vatican used to use what was called a devil's advocate, whose job was to provide every doubt possible about an individual's cause. Yes, that means there was, at one point, a devil's advocate, whose job it was to cast doubt in the strongest terms possible over the cause of St. Therese of Lisieux, or St. Philip Neri, or St. Francis of Assisi, or St. Thomas Aquinas. Everyone involved in that process needed to be of the cleanest character possible in order to avoid any and all doubt before the Holy Father made his decision. In some ways, the role that Betchew played here bothers me much more than his role in material affairs of the Vatican, because we see that sort of issue all the time. While things touching this intimately on the nuts and bolts of Catholicism itself really aren't that common, most often we see a distortion of what the Church says on some topic, and that can be easily dealt with if anybody really wanted to deal with it. But this, which is alleged to touch on the infallibility of the papal office itself, well, that's something else entirely different. Perhaps people expect me to focus more on the material details. I mean, they're not great, but the longer-term effects are at least in my mind on things that deal with the integrity of the papacy itself, and those will have to be addressed by a future pope or council working on a future pope's behalf. Finances can always be recovered, and even if they lost, the Vatican will endure, But this is something else itself, something that tries to chip away at the rock. It will be unsuccessful, of course, we have our Lord's guarantee on that. Everyone involved in the canonization of saints should be of the highest integrity, and hopefully moving forward, it will be. Let me know your thoughts on this in the comments, please. Please pray for the Church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.